You are listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? show Audrey good morning good morning I'm so happy to have you on the show uh, I've I've loved you and all your work since we met and, and got to know each other a little bit and I'm excited to have you on yeah to talk about everything that you're up to and and these amazing I have to say amazing practical tools that you've created I mentioned the wonder builder app in the intro and before the app came the cards which I literally have in front of me right now tell us a little bit because I think these are such a great tool for anyone I was going to say for women but for anyone in general tell us how they came to be and and how we can use the power of wonder and curiosity for ourselves, to heal ourselves? Mm, such a great question. <laughs> a question about questions. Uh-huh. Well, a little background, and that is that I I think I came out of the birth canal just insanely curious. <laughs> Me too. Great. We're <laughs> and I, I think that's actually a really essential quality for many, maybe all of us, but definitely many of us. And my level of curiosity became a real inconvenience for the adults around me because there was just nothing that I didn't want to question. You know, everything was, well, and, and what else? And what else is possible? And how, how does that work? And, and so for the longest period of time, I took my curiosity underground and covered it over with facts and evidence and got my education in science, which I actually really love because ultimately science, in my view, is about asking really big questions about stuff we don't know yet and then creating experiments to, you know, prove or disprove that particular theory. And so, you know, the longer I, I stayed in science and was asking questions, I started to sort of like a take that dormancy, my wonder dormancy, and bring it back out into the public and, and taking it public for myself. And for me, wonder, genuine wonder is indeed a superpower. Because when I start to question what I have in my mind said that like, this is how it is, or this is how I am, you know, anytime I use those statements, I'm defining something that may not actually be as small as my definition, or I should put that a different way. Like, with wonder, I, I begin to open the possibility from who it is that I think I am or I think it is around me and the universe around me. And I start to open space to what's possible. And genuine wonder for me is not just a – it's a place where my intellect, because I do love words, I love really good words, and my body intelligence and my intuition and my creativity all get to come together together. And all of those things weaving together, in my experience, generate an enormous amount of power to create new possibilities. And one of the things I especially love about the Wonder Builder app and the Wonder Builder cards, and I also have a course that I teach called Wondercraft, 
that um, is that I I think in collective wondering, like if I if if we can get the collective, the larger communities, the globe in a state of wonder, then we're moving out of our defensiveness, our fear reactivity, our sense of worry, our like the what ifs, you know, that take us into a more destructive cycle. And it brings us into a space where, you know, creativity can can really use its power. You know, we're opening the doors to something new that's possible that, in my opinion, is a big part of evolution. You said you know, so many great things there. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, okay, well, this one and this one. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much meat in there. Like, first of all, I mean, I resonate so much with your story because... I was a chronic asker of why. Like I, I was also came out of the birth canal, super curious. I wanted to know why things were the way they were. I used to drive my parents nuts, in particular my father, with why, how come, why. And you know, I love that you said I kind of like it. Kind of, I had to put it underground and in lieu of being curious. And you know, as a kid, feeling almost annoying for being curious, you became you know uh, more fact oriented and scientific. Again, similar mm-hmm. similar journey. And I love what you said there about the nature of wonder and curiosity being more expansive because when we draw conclusions, even if it's a small conclusion, like you said, I am this, or, you know, any number of conclusions we make about ourselves or the world around us, it's, it's not as expansive an energy. There's not enough, there's not any possibility when you come to a conclusion, it just is what it is. So Mm -hmm. it's so powerful. I love the way you framed that in terms of having the power of, of expansion with, with a question. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I one of the things I love right now that's happening with me in the space of wondering is that I'm using science as a way to support my philosophy of wonder. So science itself says that there's a shift in your neurochemistry when, I'll, I'll use myself, like when I shift into a genuine state of wondering, I've shifted out of what Bruce Lipton would call a protective neurochemistry, and I begin to shift into the neurochemistry that supports growth. So even the science that I I use to limit my curiosity, now I'm using to support the physiology that comes with curiosity and wonder, which I love. You know, it's like, you know, in one case, I used it to limit, and now I'm actually using it to support. And I love that now, you know, science is beginning to show up with hard evidence of why wonder and curiosity are evolutionary tools. I love it. I love it. I love when, you know, I almost called this podcast the spiritual nerdy girl. because <laughs> <laughs> I yes. literally like I just I, I was like, oh, I just I would love to call it that because it just sums me up and it just sums up what you just said there. I mean, I love when we can use science to support these these amazing tools and theories and I wonder Audrey would you give us an example because I I really love to leave you know some practical uh, tips and tools for the people watching let's make this real for the audience like give an example if you could about how to use this power of wonder and curiosity or inquiry and questioning especially with women I you know Everyone has this little gremlin inside that criticizes, you know, of course, I can, I'm going to speak for, for my gender because I know it well, you know, we're so self-critical. We always have that stuff going on. So is there a practical tool? How could we use this for ourselves to maybe alleviate some of that? 
Yeah, well, one of the things I would invite the listeners to do is to try on in their body what happens when they criticize themselves. For me, when I, I'm, try, I'm doing it right now, so when I try it on, I get really narrow and I pull myself in and I create a shield around myself because it's like I'm cringing or I'm bracing. And, and it's, it occurs when I feel like I'm being criticized from the outside. It also occurs when I'm criticizing myself. That's such a good point. Yeah, that's a really, that's a great first step for anyone listening is go into the space of self-blame. Like, you know, say something harsh to yourself and, and stop and listen to what happens right. in your body. Right. And so like, no, I'm a big fan of rather than correcting what you think is the wrong thing to do, like criticizing or blaming yourself, actually go ahead and, and let myself notice the experience of that and go ahead and do that. So that I can feel, for example, feel what's familiar, feel like, you know, some compassion for myself, notice, you know, the, the way that my body is organizing itself to try and protect myself. And I have compassion for that, you know, because there's like, an, ouch, ouch. And so what I love to do relative to wonder with this is to apply wonder to what's happening first. And then apply wonder to a new possibility. So I'm not ignoring or making wrong the criticism or the self-blame. I'm, in fact, applying wonder. So, for example, if I go into this body position, which I'm doing right now, and I think, okay, so what? I wonder what, how my body might like to move to free itself from this way of organizing myself. I wonder how my body can move to free myself from this posture. And then immediately, my, I also say that my body is my ally. So, yeah, and that's a choice. Like I can choose to see and participate with my body as an ally. So given that that's an ongoing commitment for me, that my body immediately begins to take a breath and move, especially for me, moving from that place where I retract myself. And then once I have some movement going, then I can begin to open to, wow, I wonder how I can express extra loving care for myself today. I love that. I love that because so often, you know, we've moved away from this quite a bit, sort of in this um, personal development, sort of new age self-help world. But I found that the transition was a bit awkward before it got elegant. And what I mean by that is we we went from this at the time new idea of, wow, you create your own reality and, and, and what's happening to you is created through your mind. And what I started finding, and I did this to myself chronically until I was able to see the light is that created another way for me to blame myself. Oh my gosh, I created this thing. Oh Mm -hmm. my, you know, and so what we do, I find is we layer blame on layer. What I, I do this with my clients a lot when I have them notice a pattern of thought the knee-jerk reaction is like, oh, crap, I'm doing that again. And, and, and the mind, the ego just goes crazy and it goes back into like, it's a blame sandwich, I call it, right? It's just mm-hmm. blame upon blame. And I love what you just did right now because it was just, well, hang on a second. What if I, you know, I call it holding something with an open palm, right? Like don't mm-hmm. clinch it, but open palm and just kind of look at it like, hmm, that's interesting. And I, I'd love if you share with us, Audrey, because you, you brought in another piece of the work that you do, which is so powerful which is the somatic work, like all the yes. noticing of your body. And I'd love if you would share that with us a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a phys- that's what my master's degree is in, 
is in physiology. And there's a lot of science right now, speaking of science, that says that much of psychology is actually physiology first. And in the words of my mentors, Gain Kathleen Hendricks, what I learned was that insight, the thought, follows the experience. So that could be, you know, like what I'm learning, you know, what I'm learning that becomes an aha moment starts first from a body, from something that shifts in my body. So the experience first, the insight later. It also occurs from blame or criticism. So often it's the physiology, the way that I'm holding myself, the way that I'm organizing my body that generates the thought. And most people think it's the other way around, but the body always gets there first. And then the physiology informs the mind to then create thoughts, like critical thoughts. So like, I really cannot have a hard time criticizing myself when I'm moving and breathing in a way that feels friendly and nurturing to me. I love that. I talk so much about the mind-body connection, and that's sort of where my expertise came in. But mm-hmm. I love this kind of the chicken and the egg thing, but it's like reverse mm-hmm. engineered it. Because if you can shift the physiology, the mind will follow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there's, you know, like I said, there's great hard science on that now. And there's, there's a process that I've learned, particularly through Katie Hendricks called fear melters, which supports the recognition of when I'm in one of those defensive, worry, critical postures or positions or, or body, you know, ways of organizing myself, when I can recognize that, then I can apply movement and breath in a way that begins to loosen the fear. And when the fear, the grip of fear begins to loosen, then I have access to my creativity and my creative brain. Because as long as I'm in that fear state, my adrenalized state, and that can be little, like little drops of adrenaline, you know, if I'm just criticizing myself, it could be big adrenaline, if I like am just got sideswiped in my car. So adrenaline is adrenaline. But when I can start to move my body and open my breath, I shift the physiology from adrenaline to what I like to call aliveness. And then I literally get access to my creative brain. So while, you're, while I'm in fear, I really don't have any access to my creativity, my creative problem solving. But when I start to move and breathe and open up you know, space in my body, and, and also wonder is a big part of opening space, you know, that when I'm opening space, then I begin to get access to the nervous system that can create solutions. Oh my gosh, I love that. I, I, can, I love that. I could, I could literally, I'm, I could riff off of that for another half an hour. <laughs> um, it's so great. I mean, it's, I, this, this tool, this power of wonder, you're right. It, it opens up so much. I mean, especially talking about the body and the physiology and the neural circuitry and all of that. And, you know, I, I love, again, I'm going back to the cards and the app because I love that you created this. One of the tools that I was using and still use is I wonder if, and it was just a phrase. And now of course I use the cards cause I love them, but it's amazing how, when, you know, you talked about that whole, you didn't mention it this way, but it's a whole fight or flight response, right? Everything mm-hmm. shuts down under stress, literally because your body is preparing to run from the saber toothed tiger, even if it's just the person that, you know, like you said, sideswiped you, or even if it's an annoying lady at the shopping mall mm-hmm. that hit you with her shopping cart, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we shut down and there is, there literally is no access to that creativity. And that simple phrase or word even of wonder and curiosity, 
you know, I wonder how I could look at this situation differently. Or I wonder, you know, just intro- I, I could feel it in my body, just that whole word, I wonder, mm-hmm. <laughs> that phrase. Like, hmm, it's like everything, ah, it's like I can breathe more. Um, it yeah. just, it opens up such a, a different world and it's such a powerful tool. I can't, I can't even say enough about it. <laughs> you know, I also, I went, as you're saying that, the words I wonder, I, I love because it actually begins to con- make the connection between my intellect and my body intelligence. And the sound of wonder, I often add or almost always add the sound of wonder first. So the hmm, a really pleasant, like resonant vibratory sound. Hmm, hmm, I wonder. And the, the vibration of that is sort of like what happens when you have a cat purring on your lap. Yes. There's a vibration that just, for me, takes me into a whole different realm of possibility just with the sound. So if I use the sound, hmm, and then and th- just the two words, I wonder. Even if I don't add anything to wonder about, I have already started to create a bridge from fear or worry or defensiveness or, you know, that kind of fight or flight. I've already begun to create a bridge to something else. And then if I follow that up with something that I genuinely want to move towards, like I wonder where in my body wants a little extra loving care today, then I've given the bridge, I've made the bridge and I've given my energy that's gotten freed up a direction to move. I love that. I love it. I love it. It it is such a simple thing and it's powerful. And for all the mm-hmm. ladies that are listening, women and, and men too, you know, when you're in that situation, you your ego is going to want to be like, no, I don't want to wonder. I just want to make that person wrong. I, yes. <laughs> I, I don't want to wonder about this. I don't want to be expansive. You're just wrong and I'm right and you're a jerk and I'm not, you know, and I wonder what would happen if you just introduce the sound and this phrase, like it's, it would be interesting to me how radically situations can shift and improve. Totally. And even applying wonder to exactly what's happening. So, hmm, I wonder how I can have fun being right. Yeah, I like that one. I wonder how I can have fun, like growling at this person or, you know, I, I wonder I'm, I just said I wonder, and then I didn't have any words to follow up in it. Yeah, but, I was know, thinking uh, one like I, I one of the ones that I, I use often is I wonder how I might see this differently because we go into such judgment, right, about things, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. wrong, good, bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about applying this and and the rest of your work as well to, you know, you have a, a part at the early stages of your book that talks about shifting from blaming the world to wonder. And, you know, the world is pretty like upset right now. It's been (laughs) upset for a while, but it's really kind of upset with all of these changes and, 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 you know, there's a new president and all people upset and protesting and really divergent views on things. Mm -hmm. How might we use this, you know, for the people that have CNN on chronically, which I would encourage you ladies, if you're listening and men don't have that on so often, but um, for the people that do, or they're listening to Fox news, or they're just hearing stuff on social media. And it sometimes can feel like the world, you know, irrespective of politics is just bombarding us with scary stuff. Can you give us some insight on that? Yeah. Well, I've, you know, I thought I used wonder a lot before. (laughs) 
It's definitely been one of my go-to places because you mentioned it earlier is that it's simple. And part of the quote-unquote issue of it is that it's so simple. You know, people are used to struggling for their transformation, for their, you know, for shifts. And this act, this to me is very efficient. You know, it's quick and it's simple, which to me is a definition of efficient. And so I, you know, I've been asking questions that allow me to participate and presence what I'm feeling and take me in the direction that I want to be moving. So rather than an against energy, which I think just feeds the opposition, I want to be first of all presencing like, I wonder how I can fully participate with the feelings I'm having about this right now. That would be, and that's, I mean, that's something that I do ask myself. And then it also, one of my current favorite questions relative to the direction of a solutions-based process is, I wonder what is genuinely mine to do in service of peace or in service of integrity or whatever the direction. (laughs) And so what it does for me too is it, you know, for me who I'm, I would say I'm kind of a recovering um, hero in terms of like needing to save everyone everywhere and everything, which is an exhausting Oh yeah, I have a place PhD to be. In that one. <laughs> yeah, I was I was a professional hero for many, many, many years, a couple of decades. Yeah, and probably most of my life. And and this, you know, like I wonder what is genuinely mine to do in service of resolution, or in service of a friendly solution. And then the wondering itself, and this is my philosophy that I'm again kind of proving day after day, is that. Opening the door of wondering, it not only opens my body to my creative brain, to what's possible, and and I can begin to feel things moving through me, like feel ideas come up, for example. But my my sense is it also opens the door so that whatever that resolution is, quote unquote, out there, I've opened the door for it to start to move towards me. So not only am I moving towards the resolution, the resolution has heard the invitation and comes towards me. And it's also a very efficient way of, of to me, interacting with, you know, the creative force that moves through me, but also the creative force that surrounds me. I love that. I had to write that down. I wonder what is uh, genuinely mine to do because so many people, um, including myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living in, in the States now and in, in California, but I'm Canadian. So mm-hmm. I've had that sense of a bit of like helplessness, like, and I love this question. I wonder what is genuinely mine to do? Mm-hmm. Um, it, because I think that's where a lot of the anxiety comes from in situations where there's big, seemingly big stuff happening in the world. And people are thinking, I, I don't know what to do. Like, wh- mm-hmm. what, what do I do? Where's mm-hmm. my part? Yeah. Well, and one of the other favorite questions I have, because for me, the particular you know political situation brought home for me this very traumatic thought. You know, it's a traumatic thought. It was a traumatic experience. Now it's kind of a repetitive thought that this is an unfriendly universe. I'm living in hostile territory. You know, and and which was very much my my experience for a long time because that's the thought that that was the the commitment I had was that this is hostile territory. So of course. Within that unconscious commitment, that's what I'm creating. And so the other wonder question for me is like, I wonder how I can be the source of a really friendly, you know, friendly universe. 
I wonder how I can source a really friendly universe. So within myself and also in my local community that then I believe, you know, if a, if the wings of a butterfly can create a tsunami on the other side of the earth, then my wandering into creating a friendly universe within me, my sense is it, it must have some kind of global impact, even if I don't ever see it or hear about it. Yeah, just asking the question opens something mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Exactly. I want to drop that in here because I think it's really important because, you know, as as curious and wondrous as I've been and, I'm, and you have been, um, I have also done the thing where early days, uh, because of being, you know, a high achiever and a problem solver, I would like, I wonder, and then I would attempt to try and like answer my own question. And I... <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's just great. It's crazy making. So the, and I want to drop that in here because I know there's a lot of people listening that are like, OK, well, I'm going to ask the question and I have to like listen for the answer and I have to figure it out. It's like, no, I want to actually talk about that piece in this. I wonder process, which is the surrender mm -hmm. to not having the answer. Can you mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, that's one of the when I teach my Wondercraft course, one of the initial questions I ask them is like, you know, would they be willing to be courageous enough to ask questions that do not have any direct answer? Mm, courage. So that's a good one. <laughs> so it's really it's it's uh, a question that opens me into the unknown and then a, a, a courage to enter the unknown in a really friendly way. And also, I am pretty much always ask a wonder question with a how or a what. So when I start, when you start to get to why, that gets tricky because why often will take me and and get me hooked to the past. You know, why? I wonder why I'm doing this. Yes. You know, and versus like, oh, I wonder how I can love myself for what I'm up to and open new possibilities. So how and what are, are really good question starters to, you know, in service of the wonder? I always say why is probably the most dangerous question you could ask your brain because it's just a supercomputer designed to give you answers and it'll mm -hmm. usually come up with something negative. Like, why can't I lose weight? Well, it's because you suck and you eat too much, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. ne there's never an answer that is actually yeah. beneficial as opposed to maybe, I wonder how I can support my body better. Exactly. You know, to, yeah. Why has a critical weight. tone to uh -huh. it? Like I'm, I must be doing it wrong somehow. And why am I doing it that way? And why is, why is this always happening to me? And why is the world so la la la, you know, fill in the blank versus a how even the sound in my mouth, like why has a tonality to it that makes me narrow versus how or what literally in my mouth has a much more spacious feeling. It really does. I actually never thought about it from that sort of uh, auditory and feeling of the sound of it. But you're right. Why, why sounds like that whiny, cranky, complainy <laughs> person, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and I could ask, like, I wonder how I can really love myself for wanting to know why. You know, so that, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that we have to eliminate that or that there's, because no part of us wants to be gotten rid of. You know, so even criticizing the criticizer, I think you were saying kind of a, you know, criticism layering. sandwich, yeah. <laughs> layering the sandwich versus applying wonder and curiosity and even appreciation to wherever I am 
that begins to loosen the grip of the limiting, you know, way I'm organizing myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such good stuff. This is so great. <laughs> and it's so powerful. Like again, for everyone listening, it sounds simple, but it is one of the most powerful tools that you can use for yourself. And I, I you know, even to teach to your children, mm-hmm. to get them to start speaking differently Mm-hmm. Um, and using these more powerful words. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, that. I think I, I always like to say, I'm a, well, I am a Gemini, and I don't know if Me it's too. Because, <laughs> because I'm a Gemini, but I like to use that just because it's fun. But, you know, that I love words, and I love words that give me that quality of uh, what I like to call a tuning fork moment. So particular words that have a resonance and a vibration in my body that the word, the feeling of the words is as delicious as the definition of the words. Oh, I love that. I and wonder ha- is, uh, has that quality to me, like the word wonder has wonder built in and it has a quality of friendly exploration built in simply in the in the resonance of my body of that question Mm. oh i love that that's so juicy um it's so funny that you say you reminded me that you're gemini as well and i wonder i wonder if that's why we're so (laughs) curious right because that is one of our traits is being extraordinarily curious and um and good communicators i love that i love it Oh my gosh. Audrey, I I would love if you tell us a little bit about your book. You wrote this amazing book called Shake It Up with Oksana Hartman. Tell us a little bit about how that came to be and and how people can use it. And yeah, share with us a bit of that. Yeah, well, first of all, I want to just thank Oksana, uh, my co-author. She is a total genius in uh, organization and in the form of things. So my creativity can sometimes go a little nuts, but when it comes to organizing it, it's a, I have a little bit more challenge. So I, I'm just in deep gratitude for her skills. You know, the way that we teamed up together just was really uh, extraordinary in my opinion. And we used all of the materials in the book while we were making the book. So again, it has a layered effect. It's not only the, the invitations, but in creating the invitations and the order of them and how we wanted to communicate them, we were using them in the process. And I love that. You know, I think that there's something about the kind of multidimensional quality of the book that um, speaks through the pages. And, um, and the book itself to me is about questioning the status quo, the, this is how it is, you know, and this is just how things work. And this is how I am. And rather than doing that, it's about shaking up the status quo and using that choice to open up possibility to shake it up, to generate a life that is filled with appreciation and aligned action and wonder and creativity. So all of the pages of the book are invitations to be expressing appreciation, shifting from blame to wonder, um, moving into action, what we, what we call verbing, and also some level of creative expression. Since many of us were told we weren't creative or we made the assumption that we weren't creative, these are really simple in the moment invitations to reconnect to my, to your innate and intuitive creativity, because we all have that. And it's just a matter of getting reconnected to it and 
remembering that it's a really friendly place to hang out. Interesting. I love that it's it's, it's a workbook. Like it's set in a journal format. Like you could write in it. And it's it's participatory. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's like uh, what I love is that you know I there to me there's a difference between teach like a teacher and a master. So a teacher has this like kind of in in my you know strange mind that it, there's a can be kind of a hierarchy. Like I know more than you, the expert, and now you will learn, and and there, that's fine. I mean, I think there's definitely a place for that. But in the book, there's this level of inviting people into their own mastery. So what I wanted to do was share all of these different practices, these invitations that I've been using for the last 14 more or more years, really, at least very directly, and to be sharing those in a way where people can remind themselves that they have a lot more intelligence and creativity than they may have given themselves credit for. Mm, it's so so important to work the muscle mm-hmm. of your own sort of self-inquiry. One of the things I'm constantly repeating and <clears throat> probably driving my clients nuts with is this concept <laughs> of, you know, one of I believe, one of my beliefs is that one of our primary sort of objectives or, or things that we do as adults is to learn to reparent ourselves in some Mm -hmm. other nurturing, more nurturing way. And that speaks to that is developing this muscle of not looking outside for the answers, but actually having that resource from within. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, the resource from within, I'm also thinking that, um, as you're saying that, that part of the resourcefulness of me is also knowing who to ask. Yes, that's very so true. part of, you know, I can go into like, I'm the source and I am the source, but I also live in a world where there are other millions sources. of brilliant <laughs> people. You know? Yeah, there's other sources. There's other and, parts of the source. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and one of the things I, I've learned in a really super friendly way with Gay and Katie Hendricks is this opportunity to learn through wisdom. So learn through learning through someone else's experience, someone else's mastery um, rather than having to create all the experiences for myself. And uh, given, you know, I've created a lot of relatively intense experiences for myself and that I don't have to create all the experiences. And there's something, you know, of like when I can look at something that I admire about someone else, I can uh, be asking like, how, how did you generate that? How did you cultivate that? And then also, how do I want to cultivate that? So that it can be a both and you know, and learning through my own experience, through my own wisdom, through my own questioning, and being willing to ask someone with whom, you know, I sense already has a a real mastery over a certain skill or a quality of being that I want to have more of. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my favorite quotes from Ram Das is, we're all just walking each other home. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're we're all on different stages of the journey, and and so yes, while it's important to be like you said, self uh, self resourced, and and it's also equally as important to know where to go and to know and to like again the power of curiosity and asking other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. You mentioned something when you were talking about the book, which I'd love if you would expand on a bit of is uh, verbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> Well, along with being super curious, I've also been a mover all my life. So I, I like went from my belly to walking. Like I just, and I've been a dancer. And you know, if I want to be accessing my creative brain, I have to be moving. And most people, 
that I've experienced so far, uh, you know, like one of the initial places they go is to like figuring it out. And that's me. So, and (laughs) anytime I do that, I get, I get very still and I get again, kind of narrow, you know, dense. I get sort of still and dense. And so verbing is this, is an invitation to try on different ways, like action verbs, so uh, I'm thinking of a client I worked with recently who was used to kind of powering it through to the end of a project, for example. And that strategy was just not working. So, you know, powering it through is just one option. That's, that's one verb. So we, we played with him, you know, like using the word caress. Like, how could I caress this project through to completion? And it hap- And what ended up happening was that it got completed really fast and really easy. And he didn't have the aftermath or kind of the um, quote unquote kind of energy hangover of having powered through. He actually felt more energized at the completion than he did, you know, in the process of it. Amazing. By asking that question and changing the verb. Changing the verbs. So I, and I like, you know, and picking out verbs like every day or a few days, like what are the verbs that feel really stimulating to me right now? So one might be stimulate or one might be inspire, or I'm a personal fan right now of the word engage. And so how can I be engaged with or participate with or, you know, so all of those have an action or orientation, a movement to them that takes me out of my figure it out brain and brings me into being in relationship and in like an active relationship with whatever it is that I'm, you know, exploring or a project that I want to complete or something like that. That's great. That actually is beautiful because it sort of ties it all together with what I dropped in earlier, which is you're asking the question, which is wonderful, but then don't go into the energy of figuring it out. So this mm-hmm. just kind of ties it all in together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that I'm appreciating so much about, you know, I would say like I'm my best client. So I and I also really sense that my credibility has nothing to do with how many letters or certifications or whatever I have behind my name. It really is. Am I the living example of what it is I'm talking about? And, you know, my inte- oh, I've got tears in my eyes. As I say that. And one of the coolest things is that so many of these things the like verbing, the action oriented thing, the the wondering, a sense of exploration and adventure. And all of those things are things that I can see were aspects of my being when I was really little and that were that are now coming back around again and I'm giving myself the opportunity to express them really out loud in public. Amazing. I love that. Oh, what a great conversation. <laughs> I'm this is I I wonder where where we'll go next. Um, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, you've dropped in, I, I want to go there because we've dropped it in a couple times about you kind of came out curious and, and now you dropped in these sort of pieces of this essential you that really has just come out. Mm-hmm. Let's go back there. Let's go back to, you know, where it all began for you and how you started along this journey in personal development and, and self-improvement. Yeah. Well, one of the things I'll say, and I'm just going to shift the words you use a little bit because, you know, Please I'm do. not a big fan of self-improvement. Because when I try to improve you. myself, yes. I have to always go looking for what needs improving. So I consider myself a self-appreciation adventure. I love it. I love it. And I'm so glad that you corrected me on that because I, I tend to not use that word because we so live in a culture of we have to fix something. Right. And exactly. we ain't broke. 
Exactly. Yeah, I love it. We're Thank not you broken. For We're whole that. and complete. Yeah, I love it. So, and I, but I probably did start there. So that's probably totally accurate that you said that. I went along in my life, you know, I started how I started. I had, you know, I had some pretty big medical issues early on that created a lot of medical trauma, which I didn't have any idea what the impact of that until fairly recently. And I went on and I was very science oriented. I'm really smart. I have a, you know, pretty high IQ. And what I'm learning now is I have a pretty, you know, active body intelligence also an emotional intelligence. But I, you know, I, I built up the American dream that everyone told me I was supposed to have. So I had an incredible job that I, you know, mostly loved. I had, you know, community of people. I had a lot of acknowledgement. I, um, you know, and what I was up to, I, I owned a home. Oh, I still own a home. I owned a home. Um, you know, I did kind of like built my American dream. And when I came to the to what looked like I had completed my American dream is kind of in my, you know, early thirties or so. I just had this kind of deep desperation <laughs> that even though I had done everything that I thought I was supposed to do, I was extremely unhappy and also, um, had a lot of kind of suicidal thoughts and didn't really want to be on the planet. And despite what it looked like, I should, re I should really want to be on the planet because look at how awesome my life was. And, but I, I mean, deep down, I just felt a deep sense of um, dissatisfaction, unhappiness. And so I, I think I, and I, 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 funny enough, I ran my first marathon and at the end of the marathon, I you said the words and it's very clear to me that it's like one of those peak moments of my life. I said, wow, I wonder what else I thought was impossible. And it was sort of like the skies opened up, like the, like everyone, you know, the whole universe had been waiting for me to ask a question that would open up <laughs> something else. Finally, besides, something we can use. <laughs> yeah, finally something we can use. And things started to change, you know, and it wasn't all, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies and unicorns, you know, it was, some of it was really challenging. And, you know, both of my parents passed away. And I, I just, you know, started to ask those existential questions, which weren't so much like, who am I? But it was more like, what, what am I, what's my job? What's my real job? You know, I'm doing this thing that looks like a quote unquote job, but what, you know, if I were to move my system towards genuine fulfillment, what is that? You know, how can I be generating and cultivating an experience of genuine, you know, genuine fulfillment and I made a commitment after my mom passed away to, to just go for it and um, live my passion, you know. And I, and I remember thinking, well, if that means I live under a bridge somewhere, at least I know I've gone for it. And I didn't really think that was going to happen, but I had that sense like I need to be willing to risk and put my, you know, like be able to face all the fears that I've told myself to just go for it. And and it wasn't like, poof, you know, like all the angels came out and everything was lovely. It was, you know, it was, it was sometimes Never highly poof. stressful and <laughs> terrifying. And, and, you know, little by little, I started to really identify, well, what is it that I really love? And how can I do that in service of a sense of prosperity and wealth and well-being? And how can I do that while also inspiring others? And this kind of um, part of, I think, one of my essential qualities is this desire to leave the planet better off than I came, you know, to be of service and not without sacrificing my own well-being, which would have been how I did it before. Now it's like, oh, how can I really serve my well-being in a way that inspires 
others to do the same. And, you know, and I, I'm, you know, left my job, which was, you know, an incredible job for a really well-known medical center. And I left my home in Michigan and I, I literally got a download during a meditation to move to Santa Barbara. And I did come out and visit for a few days just to make sure that I wasn't making a terrible mistake. (laughs) Just to make sure you got the right message. (laughs) Right. Just to make sure. And I, you know, I got out of the car when I came to visit, I burst into tears and I was like, all right. And so I, you know, several months after that, I think it was, that was about March. And and by the beginning of July, that same year, I had my, you know, clothes and my bike packed in my car and a few important pieces of paperwork. And I drove across the country. Wow. And, you know, and again, like, I wouldn't necessarily recommend my way to everyone because it it was kind of a, you know, eggs all in one basket, you know, and it was necessary for me. I really feel like I needed to shake it up. You know, I needed to shake up all of the way that I, all of the ways that I identified myself in order to begin to ask the questions of like, okay, and now what? And now what's possible? I love that. And that's, and I love, yeah, shake it up, just like the book says. It's, and you know, I I mean, I knew I loved you when we first met. Our stories are almost identical. My place was Mexico, yours was Santa Barbara. But it's, you know, it's interesting. And it's, and I'm sure so many people listening have this same story. And it's pretty powerful when you make that decision, like when something inside of you says, you know, something's got to give, something has to shift here and the, the trust involved in that. And you're right. It's, it's, it's awkward before it's elegant, right? It's messy. Yeah. It's um, messy. It's challenging a lot. Like I got really friendly with feeling scared. I got really friendly with feeling sad and, you know, and, and what I know now that I didn't know then going into it is that, all of those feelings are also in service of my creativity. So they all, you know, what, what Gay and Katie, have, I've ta- learned so much through them. Have, you know, it's like they all come through the same hose. So my creativity, all of my feelings, my, you know, my intuition, all of that, they come through the same hose. So if I'm crimping anything, I'm crimping it all. I love that. That is amazing. I've never heard it said that way. That's perfect. So when I open to, you know, when I start to open one, I also start to open the other one. So it's not like I open my creativity and we, you know, we, it's all good. It's like if I open to my creativity, I'm also opening the flow to sadness that hasn't been expressed. And that, you know, to be, to be seeing all of those feelings and emotions as allies in service of my um, job here on the planet, you know, to get really friendly with all of that. And that, that takes practice. And it, and that's one of the places where I'm so grateful I've had such great support because there have been times when I'm like, I don't want to go there alone. (laughs) Exactly. And, and just having someone to hold hands with while I feel like I'm breaking down, you know, like my, my idea is like, I'm having a breakdown. Um, If someone else is with me, that's not in that mindset, then I can go there. I can let myself you know, quote unquote, fall apart. And they know I'm not falling apart. And, and I can, you know, allow myself to be held in that. And, you know, that's probably been one of the hardest things for me, like the kind of I can do it, you know, athletic, you know, challenger warrior part, get her done, that part I can do, but really letting myself soften and say, I need support here. Um, That's that, you know, that and that's part, I think, of the human journey. And, um, you know, one of those things that I know that I've had a great challenge with 
And, and I think probably a lot of other people do because, you know, the, the thought of if I let someone in, they're going to mess with me or it's not going to be safe or they're going to see my warts. And I'm like, yep, they're going to see my warts. And I'm going to open up the possibility that even my warts are lovable. And, and like the more transparent I can become, the more access I have to my primal kind of innate power to create change. If I'm hiding behind some identity, some way of some image, then I'm also limiting my impact in the world. Mm, so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that, Audrey. Oh, this has been so great. Like I, I said earlier, I can keep talking to you forever. We might have to, you know, I've said this with a few of my guests, might have to do a part two because it's so amazing. It's, it's, I love it. So for all of you listening, I, I hope you've enjoyed this. You can find out more about Audrey at uh, www.tallpoppyinc.com. And of course, we're going to have that along with her Shake It Up book uh, link and the app uh, all in the show notes. So you can see that there. It's so amazing. I just pulled a, I wonder what simple pleasures around me surround me in this moment. And Audrey, you have been a simple pleasure. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for letting me speak out into the world and express what I love. Absolutely. It's a gift. Absolutely. So much love to you. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Look forward to our round two. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone for books and resources related to today's episode. Make sure you head over to she podcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 